and uh, I think they can move into the top 25 uh, pretty shortly. But uh, we also have some field hockey scores and a men's soccer score, I believe. That's right. Friday field hockey played at Maryland. They lost 0-4, <laughs> and they also played on Sunday uh, at Temple, which they won 3-2. to And then men's soccer played yesterday and today. They won yesterday against Denver, uh, one to zero, and they lost today against Massachusetts, one to three. Again, men's soccer and field hockey both with high expectations. Big weekend coming up for field hockey, and uh, a, a matchup against Old Dominion, who's a powerhouse in the field hockey universe, as everyone in here knows. But I think we're going to wrap it up with that talk. For and, uh, w- one thing I forgot to point out: congratulations yes, to the uh, 2005 national champion Michigan softball team. Woo-hoo! I'm sure we'll uh, talk some more about that. I'm sure you will, Schuster. <laughs> Tomorrow night, honored at the Detroit Tigers at Comerick Park. Head on out. But that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Extra Point. So for Jared Carner, Anthony Robertson, Steve Lake, Stephanie Nicholas, uh, Ted Pickus, I'm Stephen Schuster. Saying good night and go blue. Six and gloves everywhere as a maze mob stormed around El Montoya. El Montoya skating around the boards in his own zone, celebrating, banging up against the boards. Bringing out the Mason Cup as the Wolverines celebrate. They have won the CCHA regular season. Or whichever one caused it, all of a sudden, boom. Hey, uh, good evening, and welcome to Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and joining me in the studio is uh, Jim Dwyer. Uh, yeah. A little bit of chaos down here. Uh, but, of course, in no way, shape, or form does it resemble New Orleans. Um, what more needs to be said? Uh, I think Frank Rich said it best in one of his columns. We have the president... That we might want to have, but we'll have to just deal with the president we do have. Um, plenty of brain damage awards to go out. Obviously, we talked very briefly about this last week, and there were just preliminary uh, indications of how destructive this hurricane ultimately would be. In fact, while we were talking, uh, that hurricane was basically in uh, southwestern Mississippi, still on its way through Mississippi. But uh, I knew last week, unlike the president, that uh, this was going to probably be one of the all-time worst disasters in American history, and indeed it has proven to be so. And the situation in New Orleans is almost unimaginable uh, in terms of its uh, the problems. But, of course, uh, places like Haiti... Uh, that's that it, what it looks like. Yeah. That, that's a very good analogy to make. Uh, Haiti, of course, sometimes gets hit by hurricanes, and they have no uh, military equipment to evacuate people from rooftops. The proverbial image of... Of course, strangely enough, we don't seem to have enough military equipment to evacuate people from rooftops. Well, we don't. At our disposable, for obvious reasons. Part of that is uh, the equipment's in Iraq. Yeah. Um, the congressman from... Mississippi, that represents the two devastated counties down there, pointed out that um, 60% of the heavy equipment is in Iraq. Uh, And, of course, the people in Iraq are going through the same problems 
that, that we inflict on many nations with our war policies. Haley Barber, uh, who's the governor of Mississippi, a Republican. Um, former head of the uh, party. Former head of the Re- uh, Republican party, party. And, of course, the governor of, uh, of Louisiana is a Republican whose qualifications for being governor apparently were that she was an outraged housewife about abortion. Uh, maybe some people in this con- country are going to wake up. Uh, we've had m- many wake-up calls over the past 30 years about oil situations, oil prices, uh, the impact on the economy, et cetera, et cetera. But George Bush's performance uh, Monday through Thursday was simply inexcusable. Um, so he gets a brain damage award. The one hero in all of this is the mayor of New Orleans. It was him getting on a radio talk show, ironically, expressing the out- outrage, using some cuss words, and explaining to these morons what's going on here. Because, of course, last week when we talked about this, the levees in New Orleans had not failed. Um, New Orleans appeared um, to have escaped the main brunt of this hurricane. But as I pointed out, if the hurricane had gone a little west of New Orleans, they would have gotten the the, the wave surge that mm-hmm. Mississippi did. If you saw the TV images, the tsunami in... Uh, Last uh, December 26th, 25th at... Uh, t- On Southwest Thailand. Yeah. Th- that storm surge shoved everything in- inland almost five miles. I mean, everything within five miles of the coast in some of those regions was totally destroyed. Well, this has happened in Mississippi, and mm-hmm. this would have happened in New Orleans had... Uh, the, hur- the eye of the hurricane literally gone, uh, say, 10 or 15 miles west of the city. But, of course, the warnings about the problems in New Orleans were made repeatedly for the last 40 years about this problem. They, of course, experienced hurricanes in the 60s uh, with serious flooding problems. And, um, of course, the Mississippi River has created uh, its own flooding problems in all of that region, uh, including the upper Midwest. So we know what flooding damage does. The performance of the um, head of FEMA, Michael Brown, inexcusable. This guy uh, is not in any way qualified to head this organization. I mean, his his previous um, training for this position yeah. is uh, as the head of the International Arabian Horse Association. You'd think that if you're going to appoint somebody, even a friend, a political associate to this position, they'd have to have some sort of background in uh, fire, uh, police, emergency uh, control background, but uh, yeah, and it's clearly not. Interesting how the liberal columnists in the New York Times have been so on the ball all week explaining uh, the total failure of the Bush administration to understand FEMA's role in our country. It's the fact that it just sort of submerged it uh, a perfect word to use at this time, uh, into the Department of Homeland Security, who's also headed by a lawyer. Another interesting thing about this Michael Brown character is his qualifications appear to be, as the Boston Herald is reporting, and I'm getting this from Paul Krugman's uh, analysis of the situation, is uh, that he was basically George uh, Joe Albaugh's uh, college roommate. And Joe Albaugh, of course, was the previous head of FEMA, that uh, was basically a political apparatchik for Bush as a campaign type uh, in the uh, 2000 election. So uh, this guy in charge of FEMA is AWOL. Uh, And, of course, 
Well, he actually claimed on the weekend talk shows not to have been aware that thousands of people yeah. were stranded at the New Orleans Convention Center in conditions that were described as looking like the hull of a slave ship. Yeah, and uh, people living on, in filth. This was on Thursday. Yeah, this is days, days after the fact. After uh, the flooding. So uh, this guy is uh, needs to come uh, out of uh, the government immediately, but needless to say... As, He'll as, probably be promoted. In fact, Bush said, quote, Brownie, you're doing a heck of a job. Last Friday when he was praising Republican politicians such as the governor of Mississippi and uh, Michael Brown. Now, of course, there are infrastructure problems that, that make uh, a catastrophe of this nature. You know, there are finite resources. Human beings can only do so much in 24 hours. And um, these things are all understandable. But for the president, okay, what's he doing on Monday? He's flying west, giving a fundraising. talk. Fundraising and giving a talk about Medicare. On Tuesday, he's in San Diego talking about uh, comparing Iraq to World War II. Then, of course, he does the little flyby. And on Thursday, he consults with Alan Greenspan about the possible impact on the American economy. Well, <laughs> I thought Bush went to business school. Does this man read the papers? Of course he doesn't. He's, we've actually, he's acknowledged he doesn't read the papers. He gets briefed by people to figure out what to do. And this is the problem. The briefers, of course, were all on vacation. Yes, many were out of the country even. Andrew Card, up in Maine, uh, probably uh, fishing around for lobster. Uh, Condoleezza Rice, shopping in Manhattan. Catching a Broadway show. For shoes. Uh, yeah. Amelda Marcos comes to mind. I'm not too sure that the people running our government, and I've made this point over and over the years, that the lunatics have taken over the asylum. Well, they are more than lunatics. They are incompetent boobs. And it's time for Mr. Bush to get off his tuchus and apprise the American. He hasn't even given a, a real speech about what needs to be done. The fact that sacri he, he actually, in an interview on Thursday, said, well, we don't even need to raise taxes. Then, of course, it turns out that appropriations for levy work in this area was cut Just several times. times. Several times since Bush has taken office, despite all of the dire predictions about what would happen if a Category 4 or 5 hurricane basically hit New Orleans and the Gulf Coast. This man needs to wake up. It's time to stop chopping wood. And doing these fundraisers and grow up. I mean, to be very honest with you, uh, this man is just beyond comprehension, his, his unawareness of what's going on down there. It's, it's a serious bubble boy scenario. I mean, he actually says, he said on Wednesday, uh, quoted in the Financial Times here, which, by the way, is the great headline today, quoting the mayor of New Orleans, fix this goddamn crisis, Bush told. That's, that's a nice headline. Um, Bush said on Wednesday that no one had anticipated the breach of the levees. Well, gee, that's funny. Uh, the Army Corps of Engineers uh, just last year sought $105 million uh, to prepare for just such an eventuality. And, of course, the White House slashed the funding uh, to $40 million. Um, Yet part of this uh, recent uh, highway bill that was just passed through uh, coming out of the Transportation Committee Approved, and this is from uh, Ray For uh, Ron Fournier's uh, article a couple days ago, uh, the Associated Press writer. Uh, this 
pork-laden highway bill includes money for a $231 million bridge to an uninhabited island in Alaska. Oh, yeah. Well, what's the story here? Well, of course, uh, Republican Ted Stevens is a member of the Senate Appropriations Committee and another uh, Alaskan Republican. Don Young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, chairman of the House Transportation Committee. So, sure enough, and this is, you know, kind of speaks to the issue of the whole uh, make a big story out of the looting uh, that's sure. been going on. No. It's all about property. It has nothing to do with people, you know, the poor who are the most vulnerable, the weakest, the least able to evacuate. Unable to evacuate. They yeah. don't have cars. They yeah, don't absolutely. have, they, you can't get on buses. You, you don't have alternative infrastructure, period. I mean, luckily, there actually is an Amtrak out of New Orleans. It runs every other day. I know this. This is how incompetent this country is being run from a vision standpoint. This country is in the dark. Bush, you know, in the image, of course, the frightening image of people trapped in attics with, you know, as the mayor was saying uh, on the on the uh, the interview, he's been in, he's been in his attic up uh, with water up to his neck for four days. Well, Bush is in the White House with political problems up to his neck because. He thinks that the presidency is still this photo op situation where he's making political calculations. How can I make myself look good? Better Uh, send Rumsfeld down because uh, things aren't going well for me. Yeah, it's just mind-boggling and it's disgusting. Uh, Nearly as disgusting as the situation on the ground in New Orleans, simply because of the neglect, the misplaced priorities the fact that a third of the National Guard in these areas is in Iraq. Um, The the losses are just mind-boggling. We've got at least a million and a half people homeless. Displaced, Displaced, Yep. Most of these people have no insurance, so they're not going to be paid. And incidentally, a lot of the insurance policies don't pay uh, for flooding. It just doesn't happen. Uh, you, could, you can get fire insurance, but not uh, flood insurance. Even wind insurance. In some areas. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've actually spent about a month of my life in New Orleans because uh, I've gone down to the Blues and Jazz Fest. I love the place. It's one of America's greatest cities. And there are leaders in the Republican Party, uh, specifically Tom DeLay and Denny Hastert, uh, respectively the majority leader, and the Speaker of the House that are actually openly discussing not rebuilding New Orleans. <laughs> Elijah Cummings put it great. He said, what are you thinking, man? <laughs> Give me a break. And th- this is the, the, the kind of outrage that de- needs to be directed at the White House uh, for their total bungling incompetence. Yes, they finally are, are making things happen, but they waited 72 hours to get... Off their tuckuses. Well, just this afternoon, about an hour before coming down to the station today for the program, I was watching the BBC's afternoon news, and there's a BBC camera crew going around some uh, residential neighborhoods filming the catastrophe, and there's still people in attics. Sure. And this guy from the BBC said, we were appalled and saddened to realize that we were the only boat in this neighborhood. These people hadn't seen anybody from FEMA uh, certainly no uh, police or National Guard. Uh, the police, that's another story. Uh, the, you know, a lot of those people live there and have their own personal problems. I hear there's been a number of New Orleans police who've just kind of chucked it in. 
that's a little bit different. Uh, but if we'd had responsible uh, management of FEMA, I th- I'd like to think that these people would have already been evacuated and wouldn't have been uh, stuck there waiting for a random camera crew to swing by. And, of course, most of the people in the FEMA organization are lawyers. They've gone to the best schools in America, theoretically, and they have no comprehension of what's going on the ground. They have no idea what it's like to be without food or water for three days. They Imagine the hell of uh, having small children sure. who have many you know, physical needs, trying to keep them entertained, let alone you know, dry and, and fed. And you can just imagine the nightmare scenario that it must have been for these people in the convention center and the Superdome. You know, and then you read, of course, that uh, 81,000 people in the city of New Orleans are dependent on the tourism industry. That's wiped off the map. There ain't going to be no tourism in New Orleans for probably at least six months. It's going to take three months just to get the water out of the doggone place. And then imagine this toxic soup of petrochemicals, sewage, and decaying... Uh, Dead bodies. ...and animals, etc. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And... I don't know that the president understands what the heck's going on. He's looking for photo ops. He's looking for an, a way to somehow take this crisis, you know, as Newt Gingrich uh, put it so, so well, that if he can rebuild New Orleans properly, it will save his presidency. But if he doesn't do it right, he'll be, quote, you know, caught in a swamp. Well, he's in a swamp. He's in Iraq. That's a swamp. That's yeah. a swamp of mismanagement, miscalculation, and misplaced priorities. And this once again raises questions, just as 9-11 did. What on earth are, are 90% of our military resources doing abroad? <laughs> Why do we have two airplanes to protect the eastern United States when we're being attacked by airplanes? Well, how can Condoleezza Rice sit there with a straight face and say that no one had ever anticipated that terrorists might crash a plane into a building when, in fact, there had been numerous warnings that just that very thing was likely to occur. This is the same scenario again with this flood. Um, Speaking of Condoleezza Rice, we may have to give her two brain damage awards because uh, she was eventually shipped down south to uh, say a few comforting words, and uh, she defended the, the president against accusations of uh, racism regarding the rescue, the fact that uh, most of the people stuck in the Superdome uh, were were black. Um, but uh, outside the uh, church in Whistler, Alabama, where she was invited to say a few words, she uttered these comforting thoughts. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to come on time if we just wait. What does that even mean? Nothing. I mean, that's embarrassing. But uh, I think if Bush can't see the uh, facts on the ground, I think, as you've mentioned earlier, uh, this event is a major wake-up call for the country. I mean, clearly natural disasters are not individual human beings' fault, but the response to them, of course, is something that humans have control over. And uh, an individual who is now, of course, uh, rendered homeless due to this terrible catastrophe Uh, said that, uh, this is a quote from uh, today's New York Times, this gentleman's name, Mr. Gilbert, he says, Me, I don't blame Bush personally. I blame the whole government. But 10 or 15 or 20 years from now, people are still going to be blaming Bush. Uh, This is going to stick. 
I mean, uh, this is not something he can shirk and smirk away from because these are American citizens who are floating in this putrid filth. Um, they are not refugees. I agree with Al Sharpton to say that we can't call these people refugees. These are Americans who have been rendered homeless by a storm. Uh, it's a disgrace, a national, an international disgrace. Well, it is because it just shows, you know, people just aren't on the ball. Ball, and, and this idea that we haven't anticipated this this situation in New Orleans is total nonsense. It's actually one of the top three FEMA scenarios. But of course, if you got a guy in charge of FEMA whose specialty is ethical uh, improprieties at Arabian horse shows, um, you get a kind of an idea why FEMA has been so in, utterly incompetent. Uh, the congressman from Mississippi was pointing out that this moron, the local FEMA guy uh, in his district, was preventing um, actual rescuing from occurring because he was worried about having the National Guard on site to prevent looting. And he's... There's like a hundred police officers there. We're here to pre prevent the looting. Right. And his response is, well, the regulations say this. And I'm like, uh, dude, the National Guard is in Iraq. Uh, why don't you consult your president and get an update on the numbers there? And this is the local FEMA guy that I'm sure is probably connected to Michael Brown's fraternity somewhere, if and not uh, another college roommate. Um this is mind-boggling, um, and uh, the outrage needs to be presented. Uh, of course, Bush isn't to blame for Katrina. Uh, no American holds him responsible for that, but it's the priorities. It's the response. It's the total lack of preparedness and infrastructure. Oh, I'll fly over the place and go back to Washington and talk to my political handlers how I can turn this around for me and... Talk to Greenspan about the impact on the economy. Well, wake up, dude. Uh, gas prices went up 45 cents in one day. Our major port is closed for the foreseeable future. There's no petroleum. There's no uh, product, so to speak. Of course, Bush, what is he, he, he? This meaningless gesture, I'll put more crude onto the market. We don't need more crude. This is gasoline. Atlanta, the prices went up to $5 right. in 24 hours. Well, America's been woken up again, and I'm sure that the response, again, will be, um, let's have commissions investigate the, the, the failings and continue to live in this delusion about war, uh, oil and right. our dependence on, on delicate supplies that come from places where we have reverends uh, advocating assassination of leaders uh, with the actual statement that it won't have an impact on oil supply to, to us. Or the medieval despots known as the Saudi family that uh, are, are the Bush family's close associates. And of course, there's political problems in Nigeria where we get a decent amount of oil and China is adding a million vehicles a year well, and don't in forget, increased production, so the demand right. situation is never going to reduce. No. And, and one thing that, that's forgotten that we can also use this uh, horrible event as a reminder of is once the water starts to get drained out of the city, uh, we're going to see what sort of toxic residues remain. This is the other side of our reliance on petroleum products and fossil fuels that uh, is, is very easily forgotten. Um, even processing these things creates pollution sure uh, of course driving around burns it up and that makes pollution too but uh 
you know, the entire process, the extraction, the processing, the burning. I mean, there's a photo in today's New York Times of uh, a guy filling up his boat, a pleasure yacht, and uh, it, it gets a mile a gallon. Okay, now that's that's not any good. You, right. you can't continue a system that uh, that operates so completely out of touch with the realities of the world. And even here in Michigan, you know, one of the most disturbing things I witnessed several years ago was the development of those little personal water ski. Uh, oh, the jet skis things. Skidoos yeah. or whatever. Those are called. very polluting. They're on Lake Michigan. They should be yeah. banned. We Absolutely. don't need toxic gasoline and oil on our pristine water of Lake Michigan. I don't care about some you little brat from uh, Sheboygan that wants to roam around in, on Lake Michigan, you know, doing cartwheels or whatever. It's it's an outrage. Our priorities are wrong, and they they should actually examine, by the way, in the rebuilding of New Orleans, whether or not we want to have refineries in that area. Doesn't seem like a good idea. Uh, it's vulnerable. It's yeah. underwater. It's it's below sea level. Right. Uh, and we, I was talking about this last week, uh, you know, before the levees had broken and the real catastrophe of New Orleans hadn't even started. That you know, it was widely reported that these places, you know, the, the gasoline is stored above ground in New Orleans. Uh, you know, you got rising water, you got petroleum all over the place. So this water, that, I mean, to just imagine what that is, is uh, beyond comprehension. Well, all the cars that have been submerged, all the, the cleanings, uh, chemicals and solvents. Uh, there's even been explosions of uh, chemical processing plants down there in the uh, wake of the levees breaking. But rather than pray <laughs> for New Orleans, let's, you know... Hope that Congress, that's also on vacation, uh, wakes up and starts changing it, its priorities. But that and, and won't let, happen. And let's get a national energy policy that actually has a future for the people. You know, forget about the corporations. That's very difficult, of course, for Congress to do because they pay for all the elections. But uh, it's the citizens, it's the taxpayers, it's the consumers, as we've been reduced to by uh, our president. Uh, you know, when the Twin Towers fell, we were told to go out and consume and yeah. keep, to keep the economy happy. I'm surprised he hasn't given us that uh, <laughs> recommendation once again, you know, because obviously this will have serious economic uh, impact on the future. I mean, most of the recessions, interestingly, post-World War II have been caused when... Uh, Gas prices have gone up precipitously. Well, this is going to be yeah. very painful for the auto industry. Detroit's going to lose sales. It's going jobs. to be permanent, and yeah. it should be. I mean, you know, I, a couple months ago, I saw you know Americans were starting to bellyache about the fact that we we're paying like you know two and a quarter for gas, which of course is a thing of the past, um, in all likelihood. And you know, I'm looking at a chart that shows that in Norway. And in Great Britain, two countries that actually export oil, they, right. they have surplus oil. They charge $6 a gallon, and they use the money in taxes to finance railroads, bus systems. And, of course, we have a very fine bus system here in Ann Arbor. But many cities have total inadequate mass transit right now because they are dependent and Confident that gasoline and everybody can own a car, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, we've seen firsthand in New Orleans why everybody doesn't own a car. And uh, this is a situation where people that own cars that were running 
you know, if your car happened to be in the shop that day, you didn't make it out of New Orleans. Right. You might have even had the resources to get out of New Orleans normally with no trouble. But, up, oh, I had to get muffler work, and I figured I'd do it on the weekend. And I'm history. I'm yep. up to my neck in water in my attic. A frightening image. Uh, and, of course, New Orleans is such an important historical city in American history. Well, even if rebuilt and cleaned up, a lot of history has been lost. Oh, yeah. Architecture damaged. Uh, memorabilia. I mean, this is the birthplace of America's great artistic contribution to the world in the 20th century, jazz. And who knows what's been lost. I mean, actually, for a while, there's some legendary musical performers were missing, and several have been accounted for since, but... Uh, yeah, there's no telling uh, for months and months what's been lost. Yeah, it, and it's mind-boggling. And, of course, you know, New Orleans is also a key exit uh, point for agricultural products in the Midwest. Yep. They go out the Mississippi uh, into the great beyond. Um, so some serious analysis has to be done on how to build, rebuild New Orleans properly, how high to make those levees. And you better do it based on a Category 5 hurricane because these hurricanes ain't going away, folks, and they're getting worse. The water in the in the Gulf of Mexico, by the way, this year, I've seen on the Weather Channel that it's 94 degrees often on the Gulf Coast of Florida. It's almost the temperature of bath water. Mm -hmm. And this is how hot this water is and why these storms in the future are going to continue to be catastrophic and wreak this kind of damage. Well, they pick up more and more of that warm, moist air as they move across the surface of the ocean. In fact, there's an article uh, recently published in the uh, journal Nature by a meteorologist, uh, Kerry Emanuel, who works at uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And his paper concludes that the destructive power of hurricanes and tropical cyclones uh, has increased 50% over the last century, and that a rise in surface temperatures linked to global warming was at least partly responsible. Um, we've had more heavy storms. In, oh, here it is. Hurricane activity in the Atlantic has been higher than normal in nine out of the last 11 years. Now, some say, well, this is a natural cycle, and there are too many variables at, at play to 